ever wanted to know what it was like when two nerds got in way over their head and they ended up in a new set that they didn't deserve, you've come to the right place, known as... Trapped Under Plastic, the podcast where two people... <laughs> the podcast where two ambitious persons put their maximum effort into entertained adults still playing with little toy soldiers. Welcome to Maximum Effort, team. This is Maximum Effort. We get no more effort than what you're seeing and hearing today. Yeah, this is this is the, the nicest this will ever look, so <laughs> drink it all in now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We might get one or two more plants, but that's it. Right, yeah. It's capital. A little extra greenery back here in this incredibly red-looking set, um, but no. We're here, team. Finally in the new office. Uh, John, I want you to look at this white blanket in front of us and tell us if you notice any discoloration in it. And maybe you can tell them where that discoloration came from. Are you telling me that's vomit blanket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only got two of them, bro. <laughs> and you puked on half of them. I like how you put it on my side. <laughs> like there's some residual stench that's going to be coming off of this. <laughs> I hope not. I watched it like fucking four times. All right, so uh, in celebration of the the new set and being in the new office for the podcast, I have some gifts for you, my friend. Oh, you have gifts for me? Yes. These aren't gifts by the Goody Peepees. These are gifts by Scott. Well, we have gifts from them as well, and we will we'll go over those uh, uh, during the news segment or like tw- in that part of the podcast. But I feel like, hold on, before I see what these gifts are, I feel like this is going to be an example of when you cleaned up all the shit in your basement and you moved it all over here, you found stuff. I'm better than that. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, well, I don't know when you told me, but you told me that you're like into like schematic images and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got this for you. Holy shit! It is a D10. Looks like a D12. D12. It has like the cool like schematic blue paper and the white drawing. I thought that'd be cool for something. I love this. Oh yeah, this is going on my walls. Where did you find something like this? I found that in Washington. There was a super cool place that had a ton of really awesome prints. I have one with brushes on it. Oh, and paintbrushes? That's white. Yeah. Oh, Um, nice. Dan actually framed it. It looks sick. Um, and then, I, I don't know if you'll like this one, but this is like a vintage D&D ad. Oh! Isn't that kind of crazy looking? Like early 80s, the adventure is yours. <laughs> With Dungeons and Dragons fantasy adventure games. Yeah. The basic stat starts your journey with through enchanted lands of dragons <laughs> and magic. Advance your skills and add to your excitement oh with the D&D expert set. Like this was like a <laughs> an ad in a magazine or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was like in some weird uh, magazine, probably like Dragon Magazine or yeah. Dungeon Magazine. Yeah. This is fucking phenomenal. Dude. I know. Thank you. Cool? Hold I on. I love this. I got, I should have two more things, but I think I only have one more thing. Also, it's it's John's birthday. No, it's not. I didn't bring you shit. Here, while you're looking, maybe you can have a sip of my C4 energy drink, Skittles flavored, superhuman performance. It says on the can. So you want a sip of that? You can. That's my oh, gift yeah. to you. Okay. A little. Okay. Fine. I'll try it. All right. You try it. All right. There's a word on here that says Carnosin. I feel like they made that word up. And, okay, it's pretty sweet. It's super sweet. Zero sugar. I would drink this whole thing. It's not bad. They got different flavors too. They got like Is different Skittles flavored it? Dude, they have different Starburst flavors and other stuff. So I'm thinking like if we if we really like this stuff is pretty good. 
and uh, maybe we could approach them to be sponsors. Okay, yeah, yeah, C4. I mean, if you want to be a superhuman, you know. Oh, oh, Usain Bolt drinks this, I think, before every single heat, right? Woo! Yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. the Skittles variety. Okay, you want to read? You want to hear what Carnosin is? Yeah, please tell me what it is. Okay, this patented form of beta alanine <laughs> has been clinically shown to fight fatigue and improve muscular endurance. Within minutes of drinking C4, you may feel a tingling sensation. <laughs> Seriously? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to C4. They didn't ask for this. Uh, I have this for you. Whoa! Maybe I'm leaning too much into the you like D&D thing. No, that's really fucking hot. Where'd but, you get uh, that? I got this at a, uh, a craft fair um, in Minnesota where a bunch of local makers were kind of just hanging out and showing off their wares. Amber loves to go to things like that, and I yeah. always go with her, and it's always a great place to find little set dressing things like i found like the wax like metal horns in oh, yeah. a place like that but this is awesome because like there's no glass in it You're right it won't reflect any light it's got the hangers on it oh, um man. yeah I, I don't know that's an option and I then love this. the last gift it's going on my wall too i was in uh i was in hub hobby and they had fancy socks oh dude really I buy you some motherfucking Mountain Dew oh, socks, bro. bro. <laughs> Look at the fucking Mountain Dew socks. Not a sponsor. No, not a sponsor. <laughs> Anybody know an executive at Mountain Dew they can forward this podcast on and say, "Look, <laughs> Look. these guys are fucking committed." Our, sh- our our shot is now wide enough where you could see these socks if we yeah. were like crossing our legs here. Yeah, I'll wear them next episode. Mountain Dew, your logo on his ankles right here. Come on, come on. What what is more compelling? God damn, you know me so well. I know. He's better than any gifts my wife's ever gotten. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to send her the link to this podcast and be like, yeah, oh, hear no. this? No. Nah. She doesn't listen to our bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she's you like, can send her the link and say that, like, I said the most beautiful or horrendous shit. She still wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, those are my gifts. Oh, hold on. This is not a real gift, but you gave me these, like, magazines or, like, booklets a long time ago. Oh. Oh, yeah, these and, are my uh, confrontation books. Yeah, and then you can put it all in that bag so you don't lose oh, any okay. of it. But yeah, I... Uh, Cry I, havoc, baby. Yeah, yeah. There you go, man. See, I still think it's a cool idea. So for those of you uh, that have no idea what this is, and I don't expect you should, it's a, it's a magazine called Cry Havoc, and it came out in like early and mid-2000s when uh, Confrontation was the big boy on the street. And this, this was kind of their version of White Dwarf. Yeah, yeah. And inside it, they have pretty awesome painting guides. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's why you originally gave it to me because yeah, I was considering like, making stuff like this. Yes, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is like great samples." But it's so funny to see like in these kinds of things, white early white dwarf ones as well, where they make a pretty massive improvement on the model in one step, but they have to explain it in two sentences. Right? Yeah. And you're like, "How the fuck? No wonder back in these days we all improved at such a slower pace." Right, because you couldn't see everything going on. Like, just do this. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I have a comment about that. I I struggle to know why a book would ever be better than a video for something like this. The one thing I know about is that you can just flip to a page and keep it open on that page and, like, keep referencing it immediately. Whereas, like, scrubbing through a video is, like, really annoying. Also, it means you need an electronic device near you. So that's one very obvious and legit reason to like books over videos when it comes to educational content. But can you think of any other reasons? Because I want to know what they are, genuinely. I I think it's not so much a a benefit of the the magazine so much as is a detriment to the videos. And I mentioned this in my budgie video was that what we tend to do, and this is something that I had thought about before. And then I, I'd seen that um, Roman Lapot had mentioned it recently 
as well is that we spend too much time consuming and not enough time doing. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to go down the YouTube rabbit hole of next recommended, next video, next video, next video. And you're not painting, you're just consuming. And so when you have this page open, this is what I'm trying to paint or I'm trying to replicate this step. Like you don't have the distractions. Yeah. So I think that's not, it's, that's not a 0% factor in it. No. Yeah. It's actually funny how the, the stock of books went up with the advent of smartphones and distractions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Cool. Cool. Look yeah. at us. Talking yes. about important things. There's also some little Asian statues in there that my mom got me when I was a little kid. <laughs> and I they don't make sense for my stuff aesthetically, but I don't know if you'd want Oh, them. yeah. Like, that's definitely tchotchke territory. I fucking love me some, some oriental tchotchkes. Okay, too. then cool. Fucking right there, dude. Fucking yin and yang. Nope. Yeah, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. Which one are you and which one am I? I don't know. You're the guy with the walking stick. I'm the guy with the katana. <laughs> there, there it is. Fine. Fine. That's it. Look at that. We're going to keep these on here for the rest of this episode. And then they're going to go on my set Very somewhere nice. hidden. They're going to be hidden in every episode. you got to find them like fucking Waldo in my videos. <laughs> they got to have, have fucking goofy ass names. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, this is the first uh, first interactive moment in this episode of Trapped Under Plastic. <laughs> Name the two little goofy statue guys. Yeah, yeah. One of their names. And if they have a certain backstory or their relationship, yeah. or, you know, like, you we want to hear that too. You got old staff man and younger sword man. All right. We're here, man. I mean, so we, are, we that's not even the preamble ramble yet, you know? We're just doing some celebratory gift giving. Yeah. What's on the preamble ramble, though? Let's get into that. Um, well, one of them was uh, celebrating the new set. Oh, yes. So that's a thing. I will say, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, um, but you don't check us out on YouTube, if you want to get a visual of what we're talking about here, go check out the YouTube video, because that gives us an extra view. <laughs> <laughs> And you get to, and then you have the mental picture. See, I'm all about a visual learner. So then, yeah. forever on, whenever I'm listening to the podcast, I'll picture this set and not not that crusty ass set in the basement. <laughs> yeah, dude. that damp that <laughs> damp basement setting. Yeah. Can I just say that we spent two episodes on the road? It is good to be back, just it sitting is. down, chatting with you yeah. in an environment that is controlled by me. Yes. <laughs> no, Scott, no slip ups. Uh, Scott was so freaking stressed. Dude, about um, about us recording in different places. In the second one, the last episode where we were in Jolly Old, um, you were you were especially stressed out, and and I and I think I figured out why. The first one was the Seattle trip uh, was a bit of a clusterfuck oh, in, yeah, in, in the sound issue. Yeah. Um, so we already had the, the stress going into that and yeah. our last episode didn't sound super great. Yeah. Second of all, there was so many goddamn people in that room. Yeah, dude. There was like 10 people there. I kind of felt bad for them. I was like, y'all just going to sit here and be quiet for two and a half hours. Kind of sucks to be you. Like I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. So we had, you didn't notice it from the episode, but there was a live studio audience there of like four people. I know. Well, they all clapped at the end and it sounded like a ton of people. Like a lot of people were there. Yeah. yeah. And then Vincent and, and, uh, Rob, and Rob, they were, were off somewhere else. Yeah, they were off. They were off in like a different room with the with all the sound deafening stuff in it, so they could make noise and right. we never heard them. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, but then Luke's running around there, like fucking Burt Kreischer with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I am the machine. Like that. I assume that Luke is is you know the English version of the machine. Um, but he, so those guys, you know, him and Guy were just excited and having fun. And I realized that when we're with guests or we're on the road, 
we have developed roles mm. and we had never oh, talked we never I, talked about this yes okay i think i know what you're gonna say but keep going okay you tell me if you're you're you think differently yeah so you are the the technical person that is, is worried about execution of the thing and i'm the handler and so i deal with the talent and keep them happy engaged talk to them not get them bored while you're worried about the stuff to make sure the actual product that we create isn't terrible. Yes. Okay, that's not what I was going to say, but there is definitely some truth to that. Okay. What I was going to say is when we are with a guest, I typically have a lot of pointed kind of like hot questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. kind of emotional yeah. and you have comedic relief. <laughs> so there's this uh, there's this excellent balance to the episodes. We're just kind of stroking our own dicks right now. Yeah, yeah. We're so we're good the, at We're this? the fucking best. <laughs> is what I, basically, I don't need to say any more about it. That's, that, 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 that's the end result. <laughs> yeah, you got some like really like, there's a certain part in that last episode where I'm like, Fuck, Scott. <laughs> fucking you, calm down, bro. Yeah, can you lay off these heavy hitters, bro? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh, yeah, so then I, I'm sorry. And I'm like, hey, hey, Luke, remember that time when your brother was naked on a video? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's great, though. I think we get we get to, we're like fucking Barbara Walters and then whoever's funny version of Barbara Walters. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. That's a great, that's a great metaphor. So, okay. So right. I do have a preamble ramble story. Yes. And it's and about been, a dog. So I've been, listen up. I was, I've been sitting on this one since it happened. Okay. And I didn't want to tell you at all. Okay. Okay. Cause I want everyone, all the good PPs to come along with the story. So, uh, we were over to good old Nottingham, as you probably know, based on the last episode. And when I flew back, <clears throat> I flew back on Monday, left like, Balls morning, early morning, like fucking balls morning, balls bro. morning, bro. You know how early it is? As like I was up at balls three, early, three forty in the morning. Yeah, damn. Which is six hours earlier than our time. So basically, I woke up last night to leave this morning, bro. How did you fit in that car with that many people? We had six people in there. It was uncomfortable as fuck. So like that's that's the max. It's the max you could have in there. Okay, and it was uncomfortable. And I was mostly. Me and Lockie. So if you don't know Lockie, Lockie from Zorp and Zorp Lockie, Gaming. Shout out to goddamn Lockie, dude. Yeah, dude. Dude, him and Danny from Miami, if they got together, there'd be so much positive energy in one I room. Know. The world would explode in like rainbows and fucking peace signs. Yeah, dude. Yeah. They're and, great. I, mean, I don't know. It, so I made a point as we were all getting in there. Um, I sat right next to Lockie because I'm like, look, me and Lockie are fine with personal we're space. Fucking tight. Yeah, dude. We were just we were just leaning on each other. <laughs> just fucking making out. Fucking <laughs> legs over each other's laps. <laughs> just like embracing our, our last few hours together before he went way all the way across the globe to Australia and I went way the other way. What a shame. America. What a shame that we live so, so far away. I know. I just uh, and so he's moving to New Zealand too. So he's yeah. mo- he's he's moving in the belly of the beast of Lord of the Rings. He's Lockie is the Lord of the Rings fucking wizard of of YouTube. Yes. Um, so that was cool. Without that, I don't know how I could do it. Sitting on my other side was Darcy, and she's a peach, and I got to know her across the weekend, and she was wonderful, but it was just mostly me and Lockie leaning on each other because she didn't know me enough that well. Make... Is somebody singing? Yes. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, there is construction going on in the unit next to me, which is not supposed to last forever. They are subdividing a very large office space into multiple office spaces. And so they've been doing this since 
like last year, November or something. It sounds um, like construction work. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it's been going for a while and there's a chance you might hear some 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 sounds, some people or some drilling. Uh, we've done everything we can to isolate ourselves uh, for this episode, but it, it shouldn't last. They probably couldn't hear it at all anyway because these right. mics are fucking primo because yes. we're professionals. Yes. But it, I heard it, so I just had to make a note of it because right. my brain works. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. probably the same guy that was taking the giant dump in there earlier in the in the bathroom when I was trying to take a pee. <laughs> I could like, it was so thick, I couldn't even fucking walk into the room. <laughs> like hit me in the face. The fog. Like man. it was pure C4 energy. <laughs> yeah. hum, hu, superhuman performance for shitting. Carno sin. Dude, that guy is full of carno sin or he Dude, was. You should have rolled a, a carno sin <laughs> under, the, under the thing. It's like, bro, you need this, bro. Yeah, just like you're dropping smoke, fr- smoke frago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, here you go. Frago! <laughs> uh, all right, back to my story. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We didn't even... Yeah, okay. Uh, so I finally get through, get on the plane, fly over back home to America. Eight hours later, I get off in a stupor, and I had to go through... Uh, uh, what's what's the term? Customs. Customs. That's yeah. it. I had to go back through customs a long line. Not as long as your line apparently was. And mine moved relatively quickly. Mine was 20 minutes long. It wasn't terrible. Okay, yeah, mine was roughly that. But there's a customs agent there, um, a nice gentleman, didn't look nice at the time, and he's got a little beagle, okay? And he's going around through this entire line. The line is probably 50 people long. And he's making them, everybody put your bag, your backpack, whatever your carry-ons are on the ground so the beagle could smell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice dog. He was doing his job. He's just sniffer, 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 sniffer. Giving sniffer. him treats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, the dog, at first I'm like, you know, he's working, so I couldn't really tell. And then suddenly, like, the dog, you could tell, like, wasn't super well trained. Yeah. Like, he'd get distracted about stuff, and the guy would have to, like, bring out treats out of his pocket to make you go back to sniffing stuff. So he gets by me, and he's going further down the line, and then the dog realizes that somebody back at the front of the line, that the guy purposely moved around because he knew this was going to happen, had a service dog. And that beagle lost his fucking mind. Oh, no. I don't know if you've ever heard a beagle bay before. No. You know, you know what a bay is? Yeah, So yeah. they don't bark. Well, I think they can also bark. I assume they can bark, but they bay. All right. And it's a sound. You get to look it up like on YouTube and just put in beagle bay. Hold on. No, you got to give us your best version of a beagle bay. Okay. Okay. Let me do this. I'm not going to try to yell too too loud in the mic. Now, here. Okay. Here it is. Was that's, that like intentional vibrato there on the end? No, they, they have it. They just like <laughs> it's, it's just like so, you're just screaming. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it sounds like there's a fucking demon inside of them, and it's way fucking louder than the, any dog that size should have any business being. Oh my god! So then everybody in line is like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Who has the crack?" Yeah, and where the guy was stopped with the dog. There was a guy there who had his backpack down, and he just went fucking white. Like, he thought he was in trouble. Yeah, dude, Benny the Beagle has yeah. now found the drug addict. Oh, my God. And that dog would not stop. Oh, no. The whole time, before, by the time I even got through the line and out the other side, like, nah, almost 10 minutes later, that thing was still, like, it would be fine for 20, 30 seconds. Mm. Whatever. He's back to work, and all of a sudden, you're, <laughs> and it was just like, fuck this. Oh, my God. Poor Beagle. He was so happy. All he wanted to do. Was go over to that big. It was like it was just like Crusher, the this other service dog. He looked exactly like Crusher, but he was pure white. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, 
because I saw that you know you're not supposed to like mess with service dogs. Right. But people don't do that all, like all the fucking time in line or whatever, and you can tell the dude's uncomfortable. But people are like going up and like petting his dog without saying anything, seriously, without asking questions. I see that all the time. It drives me fucking bananas. And wow. some people on their whole on their uh, their collar or whatever on their holster, whatever they call it. That the dog is wearing, it yeah. says, "I'm working. Please don't touch." The harness, yeah, yeah, harness. That's the word, not holster. <laughs> they don't have like two six shooters. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> my service. My dog. dog's do wielding. Yeah, it, the service that he does is allows me to shoot faster. It's the service that this dog Carry, carries your munitions. Uh, but uh, that was that, I was just like that dog, and that dog was like fucking trained. He'd he'd, he'd go back and he'd look at that. That beagle, and he look up at his master like, "The fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> I don't want none of this. I will eat that little son of a bitch if I have to." But that was it. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is it. This is the pinnacle." I finally through customs. I can almost smell the American air again. It smells like ass and cigarette smoke, <laughs> and I was ready. Yeah, I was ready. So that's it. That's, that's my, awesome. That's my. That's the best story I have for my entire five day trip to England. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the same beagle, but I didn't get to experience that. Oh man, no! Too bad you didn't. Too It'd be bad. funny. We had the same experience. Yeah, uh, different days. That poor guy. You could tell, like he was like, he's like, God uh, damn it, not he's, again. He's like, I don't have that many treats in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop him. And at that point, you could have been carrying like a human load of meth up your asshole, and you would have got right by that fucking beagle. Because there's no way he gave a shit right. anymore yeah. about what you were bringing in. He was totally focused on that other dog. Yeah, so I think that's key. I like. All right, I'm not all about importing uh, illegal substances, but if you go through the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport in through customs, have go with a buddy that's got a service dog, and then you can just bring like eight kilos of coke with you, and you're fine. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. <laughs> We've now figured out cracked code. <laughs> yeah, the the weak chain here to, to bust if you wanted to import drugs into Minnesota. So you're welcome, drug lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from committing crimes uh, to a section that will likely be very short. Uh, what have we painted? Uh, both John and I says nothing? Question mark? Yeah. So I've been moving into the office. Uh, the most artistic thing I've done is set this podcast set up and also... My other setup, um, which is fun. I got to, I even got to mess with like flocking and stuff over there because I was like gluing down like moss and stuff to the brick walls and other like shelves and stuff. So that was the closest thing I did to, to hobbying. Yeah. Because you know, we were gone, I guess it was probably six days. You painted a, you, oh, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Well, I, that, okay. So I painted something for the Warhammer event that was a Primark. Yes. But I painted that like a month and a half. A month and a half ago right and so i but i didn't get to talk about that for the episodes because it was still on the hush hush what all it was going to be mm-hmm. um but at this point the video's out so you want to see how i painted it or you just want to see more visuals of the trip mm-hmm. and the craziness um it's on warhammer community too we'll link that below so you can check out john's yeah, painted model i got a i got officially got a painted model on warhammer community page and then I went and I, I commented on it and I said, God damn, that's the most beautiful miniature of Warhammer I've ever seen painted. You should give that guy a lot of money because you used his picture. Did you say that? I would never say that. <laughs> you um, did it from an anonymous account. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people were like, that That looks better than the Forge World version. And I'm like, thank you. They're probably just S and my D and they don't mean it, but it doesn't matter. I, I uh, So yeah, I, I did that when that was super stressful in painting him because I knew that it was going to be for an event. He never fucking got there. 
But I, I also knew Fucking that they were going to use him in some kind of marketing thing. They were taking their fancy official pictures of him. Yeah. So I was like, I can't have it like half-assed or like phoning right. in. But it was still, I had a tight video schedule of all my other videos that needed to come out at that time. Mm-hmm. And so to find time, um, it was to, to make that lot not look terrible. It was pretty difficult. I even, one time when we were on stream, I painted him on stream for your stream. This was like two months ago. Yeah. You were part of our... Were you, were you painting the blue armor at that point? Yeah, it was the start of the blue armor. Nice. Which takes so fucking long. Yeah. The stupid armor is all tiny plates of tiny plates. There's no big smooth surfaces. On How was the guys. assembly process? Because when I've assembled the Primark in the past, I'm, I was kind of surprised at the complexity of them. Yeah. It, um, I kept his head and his uh, flesh cloak separate. Are you tooting over there? No, I'm just checking the audio recorder because uh, I'm paranoid. You're doing the angle like you're doing letting one loose? Yeah, yeah just kind of... Um, I kept his head and his cloak separate, but the biggest pain in the butt was he's got lightning claws. He's got two claws on each hand and each of those lightning claws is a separate piece about the width of your goddamn fingernail and to get those in and then not accidentally hit them. Every single one was separate. Yes. They're all separate claws. (laughs) What the fuck? I thought for sure when I shipped that over, it was, they were going to be fucking shattered. Dude, the state of your box. Yeah, dude. That was insane. Dude, yeah. Customs absolutely mangled that box. Yeah. I want to know how much, what shape what it was in before they Customs. Do? They must have looked through. I packed that thing in like eight layers of stuff because it's, the guy is about the size of a baseball, but the box I had him in was like bigger than a shoe box because I had him packed in layers and layers and layers. So I'm like, this is fucking fragile resin, tiny parts i'm like i if I any hope of this coming getting there in one piece i want them super secure and they were probably looking through every single layer of all the shit i have packed in thinking there's no way this one tiny thing is the only thing they have in there and oh fucking just like tearing everything apart they got a beagle on the job yeah they're like they're <laughs> <laughs> gonna find it but uh, uh there's nothing in there there's nothing i should have like hid something little in there there's a little piece of candy or like you got yeah, <laughs> good job. You yeah. did your job this, well. <laughs> this is LSD, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was something that I painted. Not technically in the last two weeks, but uh, is this actually that, the first time you talk about it? Yeah, it is the first time I talk oh, about. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. So yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Um, once I got through the blue armor, it was mostly smooth sailing from there, though, because it was there's so much tiny fucking details ac- across those goddamn guys that you just like don't overpaint stuff because you're only going to make it more visual noise. Mm. Um, I focused on the armor. I focused on his face looking sickly. And then I focused on the flesh cloak, mostly because that was fun to me. I don't, all the shots are from straight on. He came and see the black, the back of his cloak, which right. is pretty freaking nasty. Yeah. And so I wanted that to look cool. So that's, that's basically what I focused on, but and they're, yeah. they're the giant display plant that they're on too. Nice. And yeah, yeah, they're, yes. I, I, uh, <laughs> so when you put, so for the Primarchs, they actually have two bases. They have the gaming base and then they have this like display base. The gaming base slots into, so you can't even tell, which is really freaking cool in design. Other than the fact that I, I got them to line up perfectly, then glued everything and then you can't take it in and out smoothly. Mm. Even set up ideally. I checked, referenced all the different pictures, what was all the angles of how they did it. So I have him on his big display base, and I have about 25% confidence that I could take him out onto his gaming base and not break something or 
shred apart fucking paint. Trying to like rip it apart almost. So that was a little bit of a pain in the butt. So I'm like, oh, once I put them together, I'm like, this is fucking staying together. The problem is I, I painted the display base separate from him in his regular base. And so when I went to put them together, it was all painted. You got to lube that shit up. I was like, fuck. Yeah. And it's like scraping and stuff. Yeah. Ouch. So I don't know how much paint scraped off on the inside there, but I mean, it looked great. So who, who cares? Right? I will say to the goody people, I commit to painting something for next episode because I have another Mindwork game sponsorship this next week. <gasps> another one of their lovely little busts. Oh! So I, I will paint that by then, but I'm not going to talk about it now like, I'm, like it counts as anything. Sorry. Oh, is this yeah. one have a tentacle on it too? Uh, No, no tentacle. So that was the chef. I'm doing the doctor now. The doctor. I'm sure I've seen it, but I cannot picture it. I think there's, there's only there's only two busts right now in the diner, at the end of the galaxy line. So it's, it's the other one I haven't painted. Is it male or female? It's a female doctor. Okay, I think I've seen it. Okay, nice. All right, that was the what we painted section. Now let's hear a message from this video sponsor. The time is nigh. The age of desolation is upon us, and the goody peepees are our final hope for survival in this episode's sponsor, New RPG Survival Setting. Arr! <laughs> Turned into a pirate there at the end there, bud. Uh, I don't think there's any pirates in this game. <laughs> Ghostfire Gaming is debuting their new Kickstarter campaign, Aurora, Age of Desolation. Arr! <laughs> Aurora is a new fantasy setting for you and your tabletop RPG gaming friends to explore, featuring a brand new post-apocalyptic setting. Because of the setting, the mentors sold alongside the campaign to use while you're playing are suitably angry looking. Would you be happy being a shard-scale infected kobold, Scott? I think it depends on the tendy situation. Mm. Along with the kobolds, there are also awesomely detailed shard-scale infected dragonborn and draggers, an awesome dragon-centaur hybrid. Does that actually mean that it's a dragon-horse-human hybrid? I don't think we should get into semantics in the middle of an ad read, Scott. If no one asks, how are we ever going to know? The last model worth mentioning is Torshavar, the Crimson Doom, a massive mini standing over a foot tall, ready to be the centerpiece for your army. Have you seen this model? No. Let me pull it up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, that's, a thing. that's a foot tall. It is the sharpest looking model I've ever seen. It would probably draw blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could swing this thing like a freaking flail. <laughs> Dude, attach it to the end of a flail and just start <laughs> swinging it around. You don't need home self-defense when you got Torshavar. <laughs> <laughs> the Kickstarter features a new 5th edition D&D survival system, exploration, and character building mechanics. And with at least 15 subclasses and over 80 traits to choose from there are over 4.5 billion potential unique character builds what 4.5 billion we're gonna have to check the math on that goes for our gaming yeah. we'll, we'll get back to you we'll get the accountants on this one Ghostfire Gaming is the creator of Grim Hollow and the publisher of Dungeons and Drakenheim so this isn't their first rodeo so you can find a link to Aurora Age of Desolation in the description below so you can start your shard infected campaign. Thanks for supporting the podcast, Ghostfire. Now let's get on to the main topic. And the main topic is we did a little trip to UK recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got UK and we got uh, Mailbag. Which one do we want to start with? I don't care. I feel like I want to start with Mailbag. Mailbag it is. So when we asked for sprues for our lovely top sign... That uh, came from you. Uh, some people also sent along gifts and letters in that in that mail, and we're going to 
kind of uh, talk about the letters. We don't want to read them on the podcast, like word for word, because we didn't know if, you know, we didn't state that that was going to happen. We want to surprise anybody. But there are some, uh, there's some gifts in here for us, uh, and I want to go over them. Whoa. But if they're like particularly sexy letters, I want to keep those. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see how sexy they are. (laughs) Okay. There's a vampire in here called the uh, Anasta Malkorion Vampire Lord, and it's specifically written in Sharpie. For John, so whoever gave that, fine. I didn't want. I didn't want a vampire, anyways. Suck it. So there you go. Uh, maybe we fi- maybe we fight to the death over it, but I get to use Torshavar as my weapon. <laughs> <laughs> we got a letter here from Camille de la Pena and Freder Kem. Oh, I, you guys are in Hawaii. Oh, um, can we come I, visit? <laughs> yeah, I I know the name Freder Kem. I've seen that before. His YouTube account. Uh, uh, he's on our Facebook group. Too. Yeah, is he okay? Um, <laughs> he's he's uh, he's giving us a, a permission to melt the models down and reprint them. Uh, thank you, Freighter. Uh, and also, he gave us some snacks. Um, what we got snacks? No, I think I ate them already. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Hawaii, isn't yeah, it? Is it just spam? Did you uh, send us cans of no, spam? they weren't spam, but uh, they were lovely cookies that had a lot of like uh, Hawaiian flair to them, like ma- macadamia nut flavor stuff yeah. like that. Um, Why don't you tell everyone what they tasted like? Because I don't fucking know, Scott. (laughs) They were good. (laughs) They were good. This one is for Scott, but it says Slay the Gray on it. Yeah, baby. um, From Alex Abadejos in memory of Dave Abadejos. I don't know if Dave passed away, but if he did, condolences. Uh, Thank you for the gift. It says for Scott, but it says Slay the Gray on it. Because he's just like like teabagging you. (laughs) Here, take these. Yeah. Oh, so uh, uh, Davis is. Uh, I have to like read this while trying to be entertaining. Um, <laughs> my working. dad. My dad introduced me to miniature wargaming when I was young, and I've been painting off and on and off ever since. And he passed away. Aww. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but thank you for the gift. I really appreciate that. They are some Dark Eldar. Di- sorry, Eldar Dire Adventures. Nice. Excellent. That was nice. I'm going to hand you a letter so that you can work on that while I work on a different letter. There are several in here. Uh, we got one from Aaron. Uh, thanks for the great content. Looking forward to seeing what the future brings. Um, oh, from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Oh, he could have just dropped it off. The what up, A-A-Ron? A-A-Ron. Okay, this is from Selly, C-E-L-Y. I hope I'm, I'm saying that right, Selly. Uh, Selly says she hopes this letter finds us well. And she can't think of the words to thank you guys enough for the inspiration for getting into mini painting. She's been an artist all her life, and now she's never been happier with miniatures. So we we can just take credit for every good thing in Sally's life, and every bad thing is because she uh, didn't watch enough of the videos. So um, she said a really, really nice... Wait, who who was the name of this person? Sally. Sally, okay. Um, She said a nice long letter and talked about some of the favorite things about us. Um, all of our greatest attributes, um, and I'm saying her, but maybe it's a, a him. I don't, I don't know them. Um, beginner. Oh, let's talk about the first video that she saw or he saw, they saw of John. It was the best beginner paint set, which was on Scott's channel. Hey. Um, but uh, I will well, end it up here with in retrospect. I couldn't have done any of this without your influence, advice, jokes, knowledge, experiences, and everything you've done for the goody peepees. Wow. Thank you, Sally. You're uh, welcome. This is a, uh, <laughs> We appreciate it. 
said, you're welcome. I said, thank you. You said, you're welcome. <laughs> well, I mean, just, I mean, like, she's saying we're, or they're, they're saying we're doing something for him. So you're welcome. And thank you for the kind words. <laughs> I'll reread this whole letter yes. in full later. Yes. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Look at uh, one thing funny because uh, I had to call you out. You're a goody pee pee. So uh, we when we show how we love our goody pee pee's. We make fun did of them. Did she misspell? Did they misspell your name? No, no, no. Uh, look at spell. Sound that out. God damn it, maniac. No, no, no. It's mini cack. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very close to mini cock. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> um. We got a letter here, I believe, from Natalie. Said, here's some merch from our shop. Hope you guys like it. Eventually, we'd like to send you guys some dice. Um, And I already gave you some stuff. They gave a lot of really cool stickers and enamel pins. Um, What does it say on here? Liquid Nebula. Oh, man. What a great phrase that is. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the pins and the stickers. I'm putting them. I have a a piece of cardboard that I'm painting black and putting in the windows next to my door in the office to kind of block uh, the windows. And on the front of those, I'm going to put a bunch of stickers. So I'm going to put these on there. So they'll be in the front of my office forever. Forever. Or until it burns down, I suppose. Well, whichever comes first. Okay. I I can't remember the context of why this was sent, but uh, there was... uh, there was this letter inside one of our boxes that says, sorry not to disappoint you. No dirty thongs in here, but whoever delivered this to you now thinks you're weird. Oops. Ha ha. Um, so, oh, I know why. Because the return address on the package was from Smell My Thongs. <laughs> oh boy. So there was no thongs in it. There was like a piece of fabric, I believe of some kind of lingerie, yeah. um, but there was just a bunch of funny things in it. I can't remember which letter that was from, but that was pretty hilarious. Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. I, it, it is hilarious. Um, Look at this. Oh, there's picture. a drawing of us. Here, you can take that. Let one. me see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is. Uh, okay, goody peepees. Congrats and good luck on the new space. Look at that. Look at that. It looks just like us. Look, it even has your shitty ass beard on it. Look, Scott. Look, your shitty ass beard. Oh, my shitty ass beard. Yeah. I like this. This, this, okay. is, this is, looks just like us. <laughs> I didn't s- skirt. It says skirt on there. Oh, my gosh. There skirt are so skirt. many amazing. I don't know what that is. Okay, so this person gives us express permission to read the letter on the uh, podcast. I won't read the entire thing because it is quite long, but this is to my, ho- my, to my virtual hobby friends. Oh, Love that. This is from Seth. I've got a bit of a story for you. Scott can read aloud since I know John feels since I know how John feels about lore. I got into mini painting slash wargaming late 2020. A YouTube channel called Cosmonaut Variety Hour. Have you do you know Cosmonaut Variety Hour? Mm-mm. So, I think at the same time that Magic Carp used Fly started to get more into Dice Check, his hobby channel, which is now yeah. his main thing. He loves it, and I think he is transitioning away from his other channel to do that more often. Um, but anyways, he uh, Cosmonaut Variety are also made a video about miniature wargaming. Um, uh, this guy went over the hobby that Cosmonaut why I should uh, why I should try it and forwarded me to Miniac in October 2020. I bought my first Necron army from the Command Edition, and now I've got almost 60 fully painted Crons. Wow! This year, 2021, I discovered Tup through Scott's channel and instead listened and and I listened to it every time I had. To mow the lawn this summer, dude. I you ever had to mow the lawn as a kid? Was that one of your All jobs? Time, yeah. Did you have a ride or a push? 
Rider. Okay. You, well, you, you have you, sections you, you have to you push. Luxury. Oh, it's not luxury. It <laughs> took two hours to do it with a rider. <laughs> uh, while I've hoped, while I uh, hopped on the top train a bit late, I've been keeping up with season three and I listen to you guys while I paint. I guess I just want to say I'm glad that you guys. I'm glad to have you guys as my virtual hobby friends since this hobby really helped me through what was uh, the worst year of my life. Uh, while I don't actually know you guys, I'm glad to hang out secondhand. I enjoy my hobby time with some lovely D-suckers. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, let it be known that none of the good pee- goody peepees are secondhand. We all consider you firsthand friends. You're just from other parts of the country and other parts of the world. Amen to that. Thank so. you, Seth, uh, for the lovely letter. There's also a Necron Mini in this uh, gift bag. Oh. I, it possibly is from Seth. Okay, that would make sense. Now he's got one less to paint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one is like is from Mike, and it looks like a weird note that you'd get from someone that wants to be your girlfriend or boyfriend in high school. Oh, yes. And then uh, it says here to pull here to open, but I, I want to read it's on the back first because it says, why'd I fold this into a high school note? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> then why did I decorate it? This is getting kind of weird. I'm, I'm reading all this. I didn't, I didn't, this is, this is comedic gold. Okay. He's got a question for us in the back. Okay. Okay. If you could turn any animal's meat into a tendy, what <laughs> animal would you pick? Crocodile. Crocodile tendies? Nice. I think the only reason I'm saying that is because the Mythical Kitchen Channel recently made either gator nuggets or crocodile nuggets. Recently. Gator nuggets. Uh, I don't actually know. Uh, no, fuck it. Yeah. Cro- alligator tendies. Let's go. Okay. Okay. I would pick squirrel. Because <laughs> what? Couple reasons. Couple reasons why. Squirrels are assholes, and if you don't think so, then you don't know squirrels. Do you think chickens are assholes? Um, I don't know. They seem kind of just like right down the middle. Yeah, you know? they can be. The squirrels are assholes. Um, squirrels are, at least from where I'm from, they're robust in amounts of them in the wild. Um, and you can hunt them with the license, and they taste pretty delicious because they eat mostly nuts. The meat is phenomenal. So I figured if I turn that into a tendy, it would be pretty good. And I can, I can, I can supply hey, my own amount of tendies for myself. That tracks. I mean, all these things, roads, point to squirrel tendies. <laughs> uh, got one here from Blood Clot Plots. Hey, Scott and John, thank you for making every other money rad. Here are three sprues uh, for your new set, your goody pee-pee. Uh, here are some stickers as well. Uh, Sabiniac or uh, Sabanac is my punk ska band. Yes, it's cannabis backwards. Plus, <laughs> plus some anti-fascist stickers. Uh, so I'll, I'll put this on my door as well. Um, Woo! And it says "Proud Boys, fuck off." <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh man. Okay. And Mike's also known as Endgame. I want to make sure that everyone knows who Mike is. So. He says, you guys make me a better mini painter. Thank you. Maybe we'll be able to hang out someday, play some 40K, and get some tendies. And, of course, suck some dew. Suck some dew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, at the bottom it says, this space is intentionally left blank because I ran out of things to say. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, we got a letter from Adam, a.k.a. the Druid Plow, saying that uh, he's 24 from West Virginia, uh, currently lives in Kentucky. Said my Ultramarine video was the first video he ever saw uh, in 2018. And he had some army buddies that showed him 40K and has loved uh, mine and your work ever since. Um, he referred to himself as a goody peepee and a D sucker. So you guys are just, you know, I didn't think people would go for it. 
No. But they're going for it. They're going for it. They want it. The people have spoken. They want to be called D-suckers. Well, listen. Hey, if you live in Kentucky, you might find a few D-suckers. Where is this going? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I saw Deliverance. All right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. We got one here from Andrea. Sister Scott and John, here are two sprues for your trapped under plastic installation. Your podcast kept me in good company while painting these minis. Yours tenderly, Andrea. Yours tenderly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Is that intentional? I, I mean, that's got to be, that's so on the nose. I love that. People are so much more creative than us. I am going to steal that <laughs> yeah, yeah, unabashedly. Yeah. Uh, we got one from Logan here. He ends the message saying, eat more tendies. Uh, just got in John. Thank you for your silliness. You two D-suckers. Uh, your podcast and content on each of your personal channels is something I look forward to, both entertainment and inspiration. Uh, thank you, Logan. I really appreciate that. I'm like <laughs> not giving you a letter when you finish it. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Um, that's okay. So uh, I think what we've learned and what I've found from our almost 13,000 members on the Trapped Under Plastic Facebook group. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> is that it's a podcast about chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> This we, is so crazy. Okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. I got something good. I yeah, got something good. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we just had canes for lunch because this is us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but when I was driving up here this morning, there's a local sports radio st- station that I listen to all the time, and they are massive fans of canes, like okay. massive. And I guess they get canes to come in and bring them like a big spread of canes like all the time. We gotta have more all listeners. the time. Uh, yeah, like multiple times a month, they get they get a huge spread of the like. Keynes just brings it into them. We gotta have more listeners than that. We gotta, yeah. We, we, we gotta need get, to get some Keynes in here. We gotta get in touch with somebody. I mean, like, think about how many good peepees we've turned on to Keynes. Uh, we could just they people could watch us eat the Keynes. Okay, I got live one. on an episode. <laughs> Probably, I don't know if this is that kind of episode. I <laughs> uh, just got in John. This is from Nick Essek. We know Nick. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. uh, love you guys' a show. It's become my top podcast, and I anticipate those new episodes every other Monday. You're sending such good vibes and attitude into this growing hobby of ours, and bo- and I believe you're making it more welcoming now for painters and enthusiasts of all interests and types. It's only been about four years since I started painting my first printed Hero Forge model and been up to it. Ever since, I took on Archeon using a myriad of the techniques I've learned from you guys. Archeon's a massive fucking model, yeah, bro. Yeah. Holy shit. So thanks for your wisdom, inspiration, and many laughs. If you guys are ever in the Baltimore or D.C. area, I'd love to buy you a few rounds. You're happy? Goody pee Nick, sexual chocolate, Essex. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote that, not me. Should I start making up uh, nicknames for everybody that didn't put a nickname on there? Yeah, okay, here's your first one. This guy's name is Kyle. Okay. All right. I need to. I need. I okay. need more background. I need a, okay, I need a origin good. story. So and then, I don't want to overshare his information. He went through kind of a negative situation, but in that negative situation, kind of had some time to himself. And in that time to himself, he discovered the hobby. He discovered our channels, mm-hmm. our podcast, and we were kind of like the soundtrack for uh, his like road into the hobby. He listened to us all the time while doing the hobby, and he says, uh, "I am beyond fucking excited for the both of you." And what you have lined up for the next step of your careers, collectively and individually. Both of you have a fan for life. Woo! Thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate that. Kyle, the... Road warrior. Ro- fuck, road warrior. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. He's on a new road, baby. 
those are all the letters we got i am uh, truly sorry if we didn't uh, get to yours uh, i try to keep them as we were taking packages uh, and opening them but uh feel free to write it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me just get a little uh, sappy at the moment um you know I'm not a podcast person, right? Yeah, you are not. Yeah, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't understand the medium. I don't know what <laughs> makes a good episode. So when we started this venture, I guess I never really thought about the fact that it might end at some point if it wasn't successful. I was like, if we're going to start something, we're going to do it forever. I guess that's why I thought. Yeah. Like whether or not it's good. Yeah. Like, so like my my whole method with the podcast is kind of just been throwing it over the wall and kind of forgetting about it. Yeah. And despite that, People are attaching to it in a way that I did not anticipate. And I know YouTubers say that a lot, but it's just like entirely true. I had no idea that we would have a fan base that would write us letters, send us gifts, send in all these awesome sprues for this sign, and be so involved in this creative process. I feel like the fans of the podcast are more involved in this process than they are in my personal YouTube channel. And I don't fully understand why that is, but... I'm so grateful for it. So from the bottom of my mini heart, thank you. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and for being so fanatical about it and so supportive. I really appreciate it. Ditto. Yeah. Same. Yes. <laughs> Same Z's. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wanted to, I was actually, as I was driving up here this morning, I was thinking like, you know what I, and what I meant to do. And of course I forget because my brain is like, like that of a raccoon. If I don't, do it right away. I forget about it. Same. But my plan was for the drive up here was to go back and listen to Deafening Roar episode one. I want to do that. And I'm, I'm going to do it. I think it's good. Um, but I want to go back and see how much we've grown or like degenerate. <laughs> like like <laughs> it regressed. Feel, yeah, like just, I don't know. And, and probably the, the, the moment that I realized, oh crap, was like when I'm like, what if it hasn't grown? What if we're the exact same we were in episode one? But I think you're not alone in in the approach to it was like the way we thought about this going forward was very little thought truthfully <laughs> like we're just gonna sit down and we're gonna hang out and talk like we do anyway right and I think out of dumb luck that's something that worked yeah um if this was something that it felt like it was a heavy lift every episode with a ton of research and like we had to push ourselves into a certain frame of space and we had to like really dig into a topic before we could approach it, I don't think we could have sustained it. No, not at the beginning. And that is something we're kind of looking into, but we also don't want to fuck with the magic of what's happening right now, whatever it is. Yeah. Right? So we don't want to get like super like uh, scripted or like written or like research stuff maybe like every once in a while we'd like to do that and, and have that editor we worked with before help us again but also we want to kind of maintain what's going on yeah yeah we need editor goblin back yes um, i feel so bad for that guy dude he's like just so patiently waiting for us to figure our fucking shit out and we're just like <laughs> we're, we're busy <laughs> yeah yeah well we'll peek back the curtain here goody pps um we're not super organized <laughs> in <laughs> anything and it's not for i'd say that okay i'd say that partially in jest because in in the reality of things for our channels and for the having a schedule and content creation and all that kind of stuff you do have to be quite and talking regimented. to sponsors and yeah, there's a ton of of boring ass work that it yeah. goes along with making things become a reality right um but there's just so many hours in the day and we're just we're more for, focused on our channel. Yeah, right? for yeah. better or worse, the the podcast, the the weird thing about it, at least this is how I think of it is, whenever I drive up here to do a podcast, I never think of it 
as work or that it's a burden or that it's something that I'd rather be doing something else. Every time I come up here, I'm excited to do it. Mm. And if that was going to change, it would have changed by now, years later, that, that, that we've been doing this. And I think that as long as that's the way this is, we'll continue to find ways to make it better for, for you guys. But um, we're, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it was enough of, for you to say that when you, when you ever think about the podcast, you think of it as like fun, as vacation, as a break. Because mm-hmm. I think what the goody peepees would say is that definitely comes across in each and every episode. Okay. That we're just having fun. So yeah, I, I totally, I totally relate to that. Um, there were, I mean, there are times when I'm like waking up in the morning and I don't want to set up the podcast. Yes. Um, but that's a thing of the past, right? This is permanent. This yeah. is going to be here. These mics are going to be here. There's going to be a camera. It's on a tripod right now, but there's going to be a camera rigged to the ceiling. It's going to stay there forever. A light for the set that's never going to move. And so this is forever. I know. Are you, are you ready for forever? I'm ready for this. Yeah, forever. We're going to be like, we're going to be like, I'm going to be like 80 and you're going to be like dead. Right? <laughs> you just prop me up right here. Weekend at Bernie's me right here. This <laughs> <laughs> Somebody it just have my same stupid, like 10 sound bites of me telling a fucking poop joke or something <laughs> and just put them on repeat and you keep talking. Yeah. They'll never know. Dude, dude what is, what is it? content creation going to look like in 20 years dude i don't know i'm gonna be dead by then (laughs) (laughs) i hope not yeah i hope not too uh but uh i I don't know it's the thing if we're having fun we're just going with the flow we'll be there with it or the goody peepees will find somebody better to hang out with that's fine too (laughs) that's fine too no pressure uh Uh, yeah okay so what the only thing we don't have set up for this set is uh, a little bit of setup that we need for when we get guests. Yes. And so that's going to be, it's going to be fucking late night edition top, you know, where you have the, the special seating and then we're behind the desk and we have coffee and that kind of weird shit. But Absolutely. It, it's it's basically this, but we move the camera a little bit to the left. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a, we, uh, we put the podcast in a corner next to a wall so that we can have another wall immediately next to us that will eventually have hopefully a couch inspired by the late night shows with a guest that could sit there and we may not even need to move the camera we could just have it set up in such a way where we have this thing just pointed at us and then a secondary camera pointed at them and can we have like a silly fake city like skyline behind them sure yeah because that's funny i mean it fucking says tendy town <laughs> on the fucking <laughs> water town, on the water tower yeah, I'll make that happen. That sounds that sounds pretty awesome. And then we can maybe like get a little light that just stays back there permanently, and kind of like maybe have like a like some the silhouette of a city like cut out of like black foam car or something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be hilarious. Okay, yeah, we need we need the, our excellent uh, uh, woods woodsman woodsman our woodsman <laughs> carpenter to to craft us a, Jonathan Waretka. Uh, Jonathan, can you craft us Tendy Town skyline? <laughs> the Tendy Town skyline, desk, please. <laughs> Okay. Let's, yeah. Let's, Again, shout out to Jonathan Rowetka for fucking making this sign. You rock, dude. Thank yeah, you so this, much. This set doesn't look nearly as professional as it does yeah, without if, this. Yeah. If there wasn't this fucking thing, just yes. doing all the heavy lifting right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, half half of our um of our main topic is is not over. We got we got another half of the main topic that we're going to discuss today because we've been we've been rambling, man. Lately. Yes. We've been rambling. We haven't been able to be home. And just have a, a podcast, just like good old times, in quite a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to Seattle. 
Um, and then recently we went to Nottingham. Nottingham. Or Knots, as the uh, residents call it. Knots. Could you remember uh, the phrase? So we had a driver, uh, and he taught us some some Nottingham like kind of quirks. And the only one I remember is that he said, fellas call other fellas love. Love. Yeah. You know, like you might call your wife that or something like that. Love. He's like, everybody is love. Like, Nobody okay. called me that in, in England. Shoot. I guess nobody loves me. Oh, sad. You have to sad. say it like love. 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 I love you, mate. No, you can, I don't think you say it like that. I think it's just one word. Okay. It's like, you won't out for a point, love. <laughs> oh, speaking of making multiple words one word, when I was asking Luke what was a phrase, I was like, I have no fucking clue what you're saying. No, no. It all sounded like one word. Yeah. It was put wood in, in oil. oil. Put wood in oil. You're like, <laughs> What? the fuck are you saying i still don't know what that means no shut the door is that what that means i mean shut the door okay 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 thank yeah. you i yeah. appreciate it yeah i only say that i only remember it because i had to re-listen to the episode and i couldn't understand what he's saying so i had to rewind it like four times <laughs> oh yeah. yeah we got we had uh just a fun experience i think from a cultural level um in in starting it off when we landed we we flew over together and we flew overnight and like you know, our flight was relatively uh, like not a lot of people on it. No, and so we got to fucking spread out. We got to sit in the front row of main cabin three, which means we had infinite legroom. Infinite legroom. Yeah, and we we were there like we should probably get some sleepy sleep. Mm-hmm. And we did not get any sleepy sleep. No, we just watched movies and ate snacks. Yep, just like we were at home. <laughs> And like <laughs> pretended to sleep for pretended like two hours. And that didn't work at all. No, it didn't. It didn't. Because, okay, the one reason why we, if given the choice again, we would have moved further back, even though we got more leg room, the shitters were right in front of us. So every time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every, every time you're like trying to like, you know, nod off or like, you're just like, I'm relaxing, watching Ghostbusters Afterlife and like someone would come up. They'd open the door, all the bright light would come through, and then smack it closed. And when they open it again, I'm like, that smells like shit in there. <laughs> close again. I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm not sleeping. Yeah. So I didn't think about that. It's like definitely a high traffic area, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That was, we, but they, they were they were super nice to us, the flight attendants. Oh, were yeah. Sick. They were very chill. Very yeah, chill. They were just like offering us fucking foods and sorted things. I mean, everyone got offered Wet food. naps. I just assumed it was but just she was us. But like, she was like, you can move around if you want. Like, there's tons of space. And I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Remember when people, random people, one of the multiple times as flight attendants, different people, including Jim the driver, who we'll get into a little bit here, um, asking us what we were there for, mm-hmm. which inevitably leads to what do you do for a business? Right. What is that? Yes. How do you make money? Yes. Like there's just this whole, <laughs> this whole fucking line of questions <laughs> around it. And I was just like, I don't want to get into this conversation with every person that asks me <laughs> yeah, this question. Yeah. Um, when I went, came back through customs after the baying dog, the cool dude that was like asked me what I was there for, and he asked me the same twenty fucking questions, and he was like, "Oh, sweet, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like Warhammer." I was like, "Yes, the yeah, first fucking guy that knows what I'm talking about." Finally, yeah. And of also, course, I'm pretty sure there's a bar or a pub somewhere in Nottingham called the Bang Dog. There's got to be right. The Bang Dog. The Bang Dog. The Bang Dog. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You refer to it like it was a moment in history that was like noteworthy yeah yeah oh i was i i know it's not in nottingham but there's some place that i wish we could have gone to called sean's bar have you heard of sean's no bar? no sean's bar is in the guinness book of world records for the oldest bar or pub in existence whoa it opened in nottingham 
It, not in Nottingham, but it's not far from there, I don't okay, think. Okay, okay. It opened originally in the late 800s. Oh, my God. Over a 1,000 years old. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I don't know what it's like or anything. What's the oldest business in existence? I, I don't feel know. like that's definitely up there. I don't know, man, but that's wild. Yeah. I want to go there. And that was what, like, when we we getting into, like, actual the experience in Nottingham, it was a wonderful cultural shift for me because it was comfortable enough in that everyone spoke the same language that I speak, so I didn't feel completely, like, having a panic attack. But things were just different. Like... In general, everything from an architectural level was just everything had history. Everything had an age to it. The people in general were super nice. And not that they're not nice, especially we're in the Midwest. People are nice here. But it was just like... Very polite. It was polite. People were whatever. Um, the only weird thing was in terms of, of dealing with people is that uh, waiters, waitresses, bartenders... <laughs> Uh, they don't give a fuck about you over there. <laughs> yeah, they come by once and then they, you are dead to them. You are done. <laughs> because they don't tip. Right. And that's why everyone in, in America that's a, a waiter, waitress, or bartender are nice to you, and it's a fake nice for the most part, is because they want you to pay them more. Right. And I never once got my water refilled at a restaurant no, in fucking no. five days. You got to flag them down, dude. Yeah, yeah. it was... And it wasn't like they were mean or no, cold. No, they just were just like it's I'm just, just different. I'm just doing my job. Right. It's like it's just like if I, if I was you know like putting up a brick building or I was serving you cokes. It's the same level of customer service. Yeah. They're just here to do a job, and so that was different. And I was like, the first time I was like, what's up? This lady is not very nice to us. Yeah. And then I was like, oh shit, it's all of them. Oh, makes sense. They don't make a goddamn dime <laughs> off us. And then we found out like, oh. That must mean they must make a better, like a living wage there. And some of the locals are like, nah, not really. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. I mean, I'm sure they get made a lot more than, than people in America. Yeah, but the also, hourly, yeah, for sure. For hourly, but, yeah. you know, you can make, I mean, there are people that make six figures as a bartender. Because of tips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High-end places, fancy places. Oh, yeah. Country clubs. Yeah, they're, they're like taking that. away thousands in tips every day, 100%. Yeah, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, you want to go for like the schedule and kind of what that kind of looked like? How do you want to do this? I thought we jump around and see what catches our fancy. Okay. Let's, let's, you want to talk about Jim a little bit? Let's talk about Jim. Jim, our driver, uh, he was an older fellow. Uh, he oh, he uh, was hired for a company called Knight's Cars and he drove us to him from the airport. And yeah. he was super pleasant to drive with. Yeah. He, he was just happy. To, to just talk to us and we were Americans. Yeah, but he also he didn't just, like overstay his welcome. No. Like there was a time when you kind of nodded off, took a little nap and I was kind of just sitting on my phone writing like movie reviews from the ones that I watched <laughs> on the airplane and he was like, he was just, he was just silent driving up there. Yeah. So he wasn't like constantly talking our ear off. Right. Which, he, was, which was great. You could tell he knew, he knew what he was doing because Whenever we instigated a conversation, because we asked a lot of stupid questions to him, yes. but he'd, uh, he was always would respond and he would tell a story or he'd give us some, some history and stuff and tell us about things. And Because um, it's a two-hour drive from the airport Hawth Hawthorne. Heathrow. Heathrow. I was so close. Yeah. Heathrow Airport uh, in London to Nottingham. So we had two hours. Yeah. Um, and so we had time to kill. And I noticed there's a lot of country uh, countryside between the two cities and so I talked to him a little bit about about agriculture because where we from agriculture is a big thing 
And I got a lot of sheeps over there. Yeah. A lot of sheeps over there, which is going to come back to a little bit of a story later about burgers. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. But anyway, about we'll, Jim. We'll get there. Uh, Jim had a grandson, and we got him some models because he yeah. asked us to get them for him. I think my favorite thing about Jim was, I don't know why, but we were talking about like boxing or MMA fighters, and we talked about one of the Fury brothers. And I can't remember the older brother's name. Who was kind of more prolific, but Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, yes. And Jim, w- without any provocation, said, "Isn't his brother also on reality TV?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, Jim, you sixty, you fucking seventy-year-old man, are you talking about Love Island right now?" And he was like, "Yeah, I watch it." I was like, "Fuck!" Oh, that was amazing. Uh, that was awesome. He doesn't. I, I don't know how much of it he watches, but he watches it with his missus. Um, and I thought that was super sweet. Uh, that was super funny to also just hear that he watches a reality TV show. I, yeah, I was excited to talk to him about the local, the Gypsy King, the greatest heavyweight fighter to ever live. And he wanted to talk to you about that guy. Oh, no, that's why young, I came up. Younger brother. Because yeah, John was asking about goddamn gypsies. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I wanted to meet some gypsies. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, nah, you don't. <laughs> um but I was like, you know, because then that's how he got into Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King. You know, so I was like, oh man, I, that's, he's, he's such an interesting character. Yeah. Um, and so was Jim. So that that was it was wild, and he was so nice, and he was like, he, we got pictures of him holding it. It was super like surreal moment, like in a movie when like somebody gets off an airport and they're just like, oh, they're rich or they're famous or there's something. Get off the airport, and people are holding a sign. Yeah. To pick you up, your drivers. Yeah, here. we had a sign. We had a sign. It didn't say Scott and John. It just said Games Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fitting, but, <laughs> um, but so we got pictures of him with a sign, and I occasionally I'm scrolling through my phone, I see the pictures. He's just, just honestly, just a happy, nice dude. Yeah, we got to hear his whole like professional story and how he got to to driving, and he just does it sometimes for fun now and mm-hmm. get out of the house away from the wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but not too much. Not so too much. Yeah, he just, he just, yeah, does whatever he wants. Sounds like, which is sounds like a nice way to work. Yeah, he wants to buy a caravan <laughs> <laughs> for his ma, for Fermi ma. No, not for his ma, but he and his wife wanted to go on trips with the, with a caravan. Oh, literally, I forgot about this. Yeah, about the caravan story. So yeah, they could go on, they can go camping and stuff. And I told them all about. Uh, oh, this is great. I got Dude, John. John's getting a fucking five minute segment right yeah, yeah. here. Okay. Or sorry, Jim. Jim, not John. Jim. Okay. And so we start talking about caravans and about camping. And I'm like, oh yeah, um, my in laws have a pull behind, which is great because then I can just hook my truck up to it and then go, you know, and go out camping and stuff. And then I don't have to keep this giant thing in my driveway. And he's like, did you say you have a truck? Oh and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got a truck. He's like, oh, that's so American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like. Uh, you see any trucks? And I'm like looking down this giant fucking highway. No, we None. never saw a single truck yeah. in our entire trip to England. So yeah, we got there. We got to the hotel. We were in a hotel called the Devere Orchard. It's next to, it's next to university. Um, not the university. No, next to university. Yes, no the. Not near hospital. <laughs> no, <laughs> there was one nearby. Uh, got to see a lot of young kids uh, walking around. Um, we took a nap. And oh then, god! Uh, Best two-hour nap of my life. Yeah, uh, we, when we originally arrived, there was one bed in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, me and John have slept together in the same bed, like at Vinci Con. We had to share a bed, but like, preferably if it's possible, we'd have our own sleeping situations. Because well, we, I don't know if you guys know this, John snores like a motherfucker. Okay, <laughs> now I'll say that three feet of extra space did absolutely nothing to stop that. <laughs> but what the fuck, John? 
I don't. What the fuck? Okay. I in my defense. I say again. What the fuck? I didn't think I still snore that loud. I, I recorded it one night. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you can play the audio right now. No, okay. The problem was I had the noise machine running. Okay, oh. I'll tell you the story. I had the noise machine running on our on my phone just because we had some noise while because I need noise while I sleep. So I ringing in my ears. That's, that's how I was there for. It's there to give you noise. noise <laughs> yeah, count. yeah, no, yeah. You were providing enough noise. Um, whenever I turned the noise down, you snored less. It was like. <laughs> It was like, and I turned it back up, and you were like, "Okay, yeah, I'm back into it." And I wanted to get the loud shit, uh, yeah. so I kind of kept it on the noise machine, and then I recorded it with my phone. And all that picked up was the noise machine. Oh no! So, opportunity lost. But yes, please explain yourself. Okay, my defense there was it. it it slept like two hours over the course of like 40 hours. Yeah. And so I was like over the top tired. And I'm sure then it was just horrendous because the times that my wife has recorded me uh, is because <laughs> is when like I've either had a long trip or like my first night back from Adepticon and shit like that, where it's like my sleep schedule is fucked. Yeah. And coming back from Seattle um, that like that first night, I'm just a, a freight train. Yeah. And then my normal, she still wakes me up a couple of times a week. But it's usually not that bad. A couple times a week? Yeah, and I get pissed. Because she wakes me up. She's like, you're snoring too loud. I'm like, now we're both awake. (laughs) (laughs) Could have just been you. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. They roll over. But I do a snore on my side. That's the problem. Usually if you're snoring, it's like because you're laying on your back. And that doesn't fucking help. I don't know. I'm a fucking old man, I guess. No, I mean, people snore. Yeah, it's it's just funny. So yeah, they came through, and apparently they, they could separate the bed. So it was a king that was just two twins, right? Put together? Yeah, they were so, fucking narrow as shit. And so, so they took apart. When they put them apart, there was a good, I don't know, 10 inches between the bed. There was yeah. literally no space. Because yeah. we, because, oh, you know, Andy asked, do you guys want uh, two separate rooms, or you want a, a single room with two beds? I'm like, fuck it, we're, we're hanging out, we're having fun, we're going to chill the whole time anyway, let's have a single room with two beds, which you're used to. In America, you can get a single room with two queens or two, two queens, doubles yeah. or whatever. And so that's what I expected, and that was not the case. No. <laughs> and apparently also in England, you don't get mini fridges or microwaves in your hotel rooms, and they're also a lot like happier about, I don't know, ele- electricity, energy saving, some shit like that. And so... <laughs> You have to put your goddamn key, the, the little credit card looking thing, in this little slot inside your room to turn the goddamn lights on. Yeah, and I was in the bathroom, like, peeing, and you pulled the fucking key card out, and then it was like, <laughs> I was like, I can no longer see where my, where my pee stream is going. Yeah, you got to work on sonar at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, clapping to see what I can see. Yeah. Like, uh-oh, we aren't hitting water anymore. <laughs> Engage bat <laughs> Right, no, that's what you mean. Yeah, no, definitely engaging bat mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was good. It took a couple days to get used to. I saw for sure. I never got used to it. Oh, the the card thing? Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant the sleep schedule. My schedule never switched over. Uh Uh-uh. I was always going, I was always falling asleep at like fucking four in the morning. Yep. uh, Which makes no sense. And then waking up at whatever, like 10 or something. Yeah. I I was never cool with it. I think probably if we would have been there like two more days, I'd have been able to acclimate. When we came home, I was like, boom, I was right back to ours right away. Same. Uh, I had no problem falling asleep, getting up normal time. So, which actually, in hindsight, is probably a godsend. It'd probably be more of a pain in the ass to go like three days of getting acclimated there, and then once you get home, like three more days. Yeah, um, it did make it tough while we were there to actually feel like I felt this weird, like slightly out of body experience of like not really being able to appreciate everything because I was in this constant state of like 
sleep depravity yeah like moderate hallucinations yeah <laughs> and just slightly clammy all the time yeah yeah um also we kind of had a we kind of had a full schedule right so it, yeah it wasn't a lot of time to do anything but that's all we were there we were there to work yeah um and, i mean we did i mean gosh from day one we were like oh good originally we thought we were going to be there like basically the, uh, the afternoon the day before and we had come to find out we actually had basically two full days prior to the, all the scheduled shit and what what did we do we filled it with more work we filled <laughs> it with work yeah so we took a nap two hour nap strictly two hour woke up went and did warhammer weekly with vince mm-hmm. chatted about our top five favorite fantasy models so from age of sigmar or from warhammer fantasy and that was a super fun thing we got to shit on each other like you guys fucking hated conrad yeah i cry about that every time <laughs> uh but yeah so that was fun that was a great show we'll have it linked down in the show notes below if you want to go check it out it's a it's a fun time yeah if you need a little bit more a little bit more tup in your in your daily uh, diet yeah that's pretty much it and right? you get vincey v in there in a fucking hotel room on his little webcam on his laptop yeah we're getting vince over here in I think it's July I am trying to work something out with him to run the the old media gauntlet we'll do a podcast a live stream and a, and a video with him well I will I'll do those things and then he'll be on the podcast as a guest because um, I, I think Vince Vince deserves to be on this podcast I think more than anyone else I know it's, the thing is is the, the only problem with that is he's gonna what is we, he gonna we do? can't one up him on anything. He's gonna make he's gonna make a fool of us. Yes, he is. Yes, he's gonna make. It's like y'all think we're foolish now. Well, just you just wait. He's gonna come in and he's gonna take the podcast from us. <laughs> I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so That's yeah. gonna be freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah it like, is. Can we have just like a giant sleepover here at the studio? Sure. Yeah, get a little air mattress. I got I got a queen size air mattress. Oh man, that like inflates to like three feet high three for whatever up. reason. It's fucking gigantic. We can all sleep in there together. Cool. 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 Yeah. yeah. But Vince is gonna keep his boots on though. So oh, dude, yeah, yeah. He he sleeps in his Doc Martens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're actually he has no feet. <laughs> <laughs> just Doc Martin. It's just a fucking pig. Kind of twisted on the screw knob on the bottom. It's got Doc Martens. All right. Then after that, we went to Bunk, got some chicken wings. Probably the best food we ate the entire trip. Yeah. We got some halloumi fries, which were, I didn't. I didn't know what halloumi was. I thought they were going to be like Cajun fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, no, this is cheese straight up. Like yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. cheese rectangle. Eat it. Yeah. It was those were those were probably the best thing I ate. They were the great entire, entire time here. They're no Wisconsin batter fried cheese curds, but they're not a poor substitute. Right. Yeah. I will say I was confused about the ordering. You could order 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 wings. You're right. And no matter the amount you bought, you could only have two sauces. That's and I was not like, that's not how math works. And I was England. like, wait, so if I just order five 10 wing orders, I can have uh, 10 sauce options but if I order 50 I can only have two and they were like yes and I was just like okay <laughs> like, it didn't you end up mattering but it was just weird uh, but uh, yeah we had a lunch or started dinner with Guy and Guy Luke, Midwinter Josh Hattie Hattie was there Vince was there we had never met Hattie before no it she was, was lovely pleasant she is a gem yes Um. yeah honestly everyone was I know yeah everybody uh, we got fucking Josh a pickle jar was our driver. And poor, poor Josh. Okay, so Josh, uh, he's got the YouTube channel, the Pickle Jar, pickle and he jar. also works for Guy or not Guy for Luke with Geek Gaming Scenics, mm-hmm. and he's his editor, filmer, and all this kind of stuff too. And Luke just fucking just 
dumps on him the whole time <laughs> in this good kind of like buddy way. But it was just like, poor Josh. He's just the nicest freaking guy. He was driving everywhere. He was he, he missed a turn at one point. And he, this goes back to the English roads where we missed a turn to get to the restaurant. And it takes another 10 minutes to get back to where we needed to go because no roads lead to a centralized place. They're all a giant windy mess. Yeah, so many roundabouts, so many one-ways. It was kind of like driving in a metro, but it was like we missed that turn, never left like downtown Nottingham, and it still added 10 minutes onto our trip. Yes. Like, we weren't like going super far away. We are just like traversing this incredibly maze-like city. Yeah, I could see the restaurant from where we were at, <laughs> and we couldn't get there for 10 more minutes. <laughs> It was like, the only thing close to that is I hear that that's the norm in yeah. in England and that London is even way worse. Yeah. The only thing close to that I've ever experienced is in D.C., Washington, D.C. Okay. Because that's built, the road system in D.C. is specifically built to prevent attack. Oh. It's designed that way so you can't, so if there was ever an invasion, you couldn't centralize, get to places of importance within D.C. Interesting. And so all these goddamn places were all set up for people on goddamn horseback with lances <laughs> running through the streets, yeah, I don't know. I so I, I was it was wild. It was wild. All the, all the streets are super fucking narrow. <laughs> yeah. Is there like cars? We didn't make these for cars. We made these for carriages. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll say one thing I love about like European and, and English towns is they all seem to have a city center. Yes, which is like this huge open area with super tall buildings and really pretty architecture that you can kind of just stand and kind of gaze at. Um, they all have something like that, and it's always so cool to go and check them out. Uh, I'll say one thing that made me feel pretty good was I got a message on Discord from Stu, good buddy Stu, friend of the podcast, um, and he's like, "Hey, here's a list of stuff to do in Nottingham." I didn't catch the message until I was on the flight back home, but it was the top ten things places to visit in Nottingham. And we had went to five of them. Holy crap. And we didn't even know. Which ones? I don't remember, but the city square was on there. Um, was uh, a restaurant on there that we went to? Like No, no, no. they were all like sites. Oh, stuff. okay. Not food stuff. Okay. Yeah. But the university, university grounds was one of them. We walked we, on those? We walked on those. But yeah. I can't remember what the other ones. But we were five out of 10 and we didn't even try. And some of the things were like. Didn't even try. Uh, there was one really, really awesome church that on Sunday, you weren't there, but Vince and I walked all the way around and I was nerding out to that. Nice. Um, but one of them was at uh, Nottingham Castle. We didn't get to go to that. Oh. It looked really sweet from the pictures. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Okay. So we had dinner at Bunk and then we went and filmed the podcast with Luke and Guy and then we kind of hung out with them, got to experience a little bit of Nottingham nightlife. We walked for some, I got some lamb sheesh. I don't fully know what sheesh is. It's like, it was a kebab kind of thing. It had, it's you know, the, it's was, the part of the lower intestine, right? Right inside the butthole. Oh, nice. I ate some lamb butthole. <laughs> uh, it tasted fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, had some pita with that and some lovely something like tzatziki sauce. And then we kind of was walking around at night on a, was this a Wednesday at this point? Yeah. Kebab. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was good. That was that was a lot of fun. That first night was a lot of fun. Um, it was jam packed though. It was because yeah, we didn't start recording the podcast until like nine. Yeah, and they got down to like eleven or eleven thirty, and then started to walk around at night. And there was still a bunch of college kids just like walking around. Yeah, and they, the drinking age over there was eighteen, so that was really freaking weird. And you'd see kids, you're like, you don't look old enough to drive, and they were out at the bars and stuff. I'm like, wow, this feels weird, but I guess the difference between 18 and 21 to me right now doesn't 
feel that much different, but it yeah, is. Right. It feels like he's still be in high school, mm-hmm. a lot of those kids, so that was really weird. In Belgium, the legal drinking age for beer exclusively is 16. Oh, wow. You just get after it. I don't know what 16-year-old would actually enjoy drinking beer, but I guess you got to start young. Yeah, well, you know, it's the big thing in America is you start when you're 16, but because it's illegal, <laughs> you know, because it's illegal and it gets you messed up. But I also like that age, your brain isn't fully formed. Like, you're just gonna make that thing waterlogged or something. <laughs> I'll feel like that's that's right. I don't know if it actually affects like your your cognitive ability. I mean, unless you're drunk, of course, then it does. But like long term, well, I'm sure 16 year olds aren't drinking, just sipping at it for, for like, They have a purpose to this. All uh, right, okay. So that was day one. Wait, I take a little sidetrack here and to talk about an elephant in the room. And that is the food. Now, do we have to? I want to to preface this by saying we're not shitting on this, but I wanted to make clear that Scott and I both really like good food, and we didn't really have any. (laughs) (laughs) So I think a big contributing reason, well, at least to one of the experiences, was that you guys don't seem to have a lot of beef in the UK. So John got a burger that very clearly had like breadcrumbs mixed into it and like and other sheep. other spices, other meats, and it was it was cooked a considerable amount. Also, we only ate it like four places. Uh, we ate a good, good number of places, but uh, it's you know, not to say it was bad. So it wasn't th- bad. But nothing was like nothing wowed us. Um, when we went to that Thai place, I was pumped. Because this was like, it looked like legit Thai, hardcore. You could see into the kitchen, like this was going to be good. We can sit in a little tuk-tuk while we ate. Yeah, like I was like, all right, and this is where we're going to get good food. And that was the most disappointed I was over the whole trip. Because it <sighs> had every ingredient to be an amazing place to eat. And the food was just fucking Leanne Chin Panda Express level. Like yeah. it was not good. Yeah. That was a bummer. That was a bummer too, because like same thing. It had like all the ingredients, even the textures of the noodles and meat was right, but mine just tasted like kind of farmy white pepper, um, which wasn't the greatest experience. I just, I, just, I just wanted to mention it. It's just about our experience. People asked, honestly, they asked, and I always felt so bad, so I just never answered the question. But <laughs> just that, deflected. That was the question. I mean, that that's the answer. Oh, is it gonna rain today? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but again, to be clear, there are many restaurants in Nottingham, and I ate at four of them, four or five of them. So it's very likely that there are amazing restaurants elsewhere that we just didn't get to go to. Like if someone came here to Minnesota and ate at four random restaurants, they might have a very similar experience and be like, wow, this kind of sucks. So that is definitely a possibility. Um, I don't want to like be mean about anything, but I definitely want to be honest, you know, whatever. Do we want to want to talk about our uh, a good time with the uh, the Harder and Steinbeck man? Yes. So Emil got us hooked up with the general manager of Harder and Steinbeck, who was there uh, because his son was releasing a new single, and he wanted to be there for a concert. I believe. Yeah, it was the next night. Yeah, and so he got hooked up with us, and I'll be totally honest. I had some preconceived notions going into this. I was like, man, he's just going to pitch us some kind of thing where it's like smack your face on an airbrush and we'll just sell it. And it's like, you know, nothing new. But he didn't talk about that at all. No. He was such a pleasant person to talk to. He was. Yeah. He talked shop about airbrushes for so long and it was so 
interesting. I don't know what we can talk about, but he had so many cool things to talk about and revelations uh, to like share with us. It was because he he looked like a businessman. Yes, he was. He had a sport coat. He had the fancy watch. The shirt tucked into the jeans. Cool with, hair. With the dressed shoes on. Yeah. His rental car was a fancy Audi. Yeah. Like, I was like, we get in his car. I'm like, okay, here it comes. <laughs> and he was just, he, he's so passionate about airbrushes. Like, that yeah. was immediately, he was like, sorry guys if I'm getting, I'm going to bore you or sorry if I like talk too much. You can tell me to stop. It's like, do you know who we are? <laughs> yeah, we love like, this shit. <laughs> yeah. It was just like my brain, by the time we even got to the restaurant, my brain was like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much. <laughs> and there were so many real, just like from a technical side of like how the mechanics of an airbrush works and how the misconceptions are out there about what we think does what. Yeah. That we're just, they're just wrong. Yeah. And it was like, in the way he explained it, it was like, that makes total sense when you say it that way. Yeah. It's not easy to, to describe. It's not easy to explain. And he did a good job, but it's it's overwhelming. And I see why people jump to a very basic, easier to understand solution to things than the way the reality is. Complex. Because it's super complex. And he answered I mean, questions about ultrasonic cleaners, questions about do you pull the needle out through the front or the back? Yeah. All these like kind of like... What do you call them? Uh, wives' tales. Wives' tales. Stigmas about how you should or shouldn't handle an airbrush. He was talking about all those, yeah. and that was that was super fun to hear those answers. Once he got into like uh, we could like we could totally tell like we weren't going to bug him by this stuff. Scott barraged him oh my with gosh. every single question, and every time you'd ask a question, I'm like fuck, that's a good question. I'm like, oh shit, I got to pay attention now. What's he going to say <laughs> um, about the needle? Okay, because we probably can't divulge everything. Uh, and it would be a four-hour show if we did. But what did he say about the needle, Scott? Because I think this is something all the goody peepees need to hear. Was it about how the paint goes on the needle and then gets blown off of it? Yeah. Uh, about removing the needle. I don't know. I don't remember. In an ideal world, you never pull the needle out the back. Okay. Because all you're doing, a lot of the issues that you end up having um are caused by that while there's still some form of paint it's either you know you think you've cleaned out the cup well and the front well and all that but inside there there's a there's basically that that run that the needle goes through yeah. from the back of where the cup meets up to the full back of the needle and there's something like he's talked about the engineering of like shortening that distance because paint will naturally go back there. Yeah. And then when you pull the needle out the back, if there's any paint that's still in there and wet, yes, it will just woof. You just pulled all that paint back through the rest of the mechanisms and you've made it gunky in there. You increase your chances of paint drying where it shouldn't be increased areas of clogs or for air not going correctly. It's like, ideally you don't do that. Now, we don't live in an ideal world, and airbrushing is no different. Right. If you can get, you can make sure that that's clean, and you're not seeing any air or any water. You get in there with an angler, an angle squirter thing, and make sure that's cleaned out. You can just pull it out the back. Yeah, pull out the back. But I was just like, to understand that and have someone that I would consider is most expert in that field that I have ever spoken with, to to explain that, to explain uh, the ultrasonic cleaners. And so much more. And so much more. T T D T D L R T L D R T L D R on ultrasonic cleaners. You shouldn't ever need to use one. Yeah, that was his. That was his bit. But I, I dug further. I was like, if you wanted to, could you? 
And I think he was like, sure, yeah. But the main principle is you shouldn't ever need one uh, mm-hmm. following best practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, ideal world. You shouldn't. Uh, there's there's nothing that you can't figure out with. And maintenance, like front-end maintenance. Don't ever get yourself in a position where you're going to feel like you need one. If you've done that, you haven't taken the extra 45 seconds post-work after every use, and you should never have to use Preventative that. maintenance. Yes, the old preventative maintenance. There's a lot of nerdery we aren't divulging because I don't know if they were like trade secrets for Harder and Steinbeck, but he seems very keen to like work on a video with us, and I'm like, bro, let's talk fucking nerdy shit in, a, in, a, <laughs> in an airbrush video, and he was like, all right. So it was a really great experience, and he seemed genuinely interested in wanting to collaborate with collaborate with us in a way that was interesting to us, which, you know, honestly is kind of the majority of people kind of operate that way as well. But it was just great. You know, I had low expectations going into it because I was just kind of, I thought he was just going to ask me to do something uh, that would like, you know, just mutually benefit both of us in a simple way. But that was not his interest. And that was a very awesome surprise. Yeah. Rick was his name. I can't remember if we said. Yeah, Warwick. Rick. He goes by, he says, he says Rick is fine, but his real name is Warwick, which I would go by Warwick because that's a way cooler name. Absolutely. It sounds like he should be a fucking warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Warwick the airbrush warlock. Yes. You get a, you get a nickname too, Warwick. <laughs> okay. So before that point, I got to meet with my caster um, who uh, traveled over to Nottingham to visit with me and he took me out to lunch and paid for it. And he was, his name was Louis uh, or Louis. He's the nicest dude ever, and he was also telling me a bunch of really awesome things about the industry of like uh, molding and cast making. Sorry, mold making and casting, and stuff like that. And it was just like a really educational day for me because I learned so much from him. I learned so much from uh, Rick, and yeah, those those two experiences were great. So thank you guys for facilitating them. And please do not be concerned about the food. It really wasn't an issue. the The company was the the main highlight. Yeah, I've. I I was hesitated to even like mention the food, but we're honest with our goody peepees, right? Sure. sure. Yeah, you know, we're gonna call a spade a spade. Okay. <laughs> right. We hold ourselves to the to the, the cane spectrum of food deliciousness. Okay? <laughs> oh God, no, don't say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah, that that that's the reality of it. But at the end of the day, I like that's not even those aren't even like on my radar of the that overwhelmingly the positive parts about this trip totally outweighed your dumpy ass food. <laughs> I actually had a burger at Annie's that was it's called Annie's. Uh was that chicken buffalo tenders chicken tenders with burger? buffalo sauce. That was actually legit and that was it was so big that I couldn't finish it. Um, That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I was two bites into my quotes burger that I was like I was looking at yours and you're like, damn, this is good. I'm like, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> I should have just stopped and waited till you were done and then ate the other half of yours. Yeah, no, you could have. <laughs> and the uh, good thing, we didn't have a goddamn mini fridge, so we couldn't take it back with us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, what, what else? Uh, well, as long as we're on the topic of Annie's, we were we were taken out to Annie's. Oh, yes. With the, the American Burger Restaurant, which was oh fucking hilarious. Oh, my gosh, yeah. There's, there's American flags, these little banners like it's 4th of July all yeah. over the walls. A giant American flag on the back wall. Everything was like super tchotchke, 70s edition, everything from, from North America. And we go in there, and I'm like, is this what they think America is? <laughs> I mean, it is kind of. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah, it was. It was kind of. I didn't see any guns on the walls. So yeah, what the heck? Where are the trucks and guns? Come on. Um, but we were taken out. We went out to a big group dinner with uh, me, you, Vincey V, and then a whole bunch of the sculptors and heavy metal painters 
of Games Workshop. It was a fucking dream come true. Yeah, it was. guys, I am. There are people there that I have looked up to as hobbyists forever. I have an heavy metal book that I wish I brought for them to sign just to be a little fucking nerd fanboy. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great conversation. They were just the most delightful motherfuckers. Yeah. Every single one of them. Every single one. Loved what they do. Loved talking about you know the the work that they'd done love looking through pictures together you know i remember um david uh was talking with vince and david had sculpted one of a models probably i'm not at liberty to say which one yeah but david sculpted a model vince had painted that model had pictures on his phone and was showing him and i just sat there and i was just Vince was so fucking happy. Yeah. And the conversation they had, and David is a fucking character, yeah, first dude. of all. Yeah. I, he's straight out of a goddamn Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> and he's he was just like, Yeah, you you did well by my volumes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a Frenchman. And it's yeah. just like every single person there was so nice, was so happy. The fact that they, uh, I don't know if you get this, but like the fact that they knew who we were was so surreal to me that these people that have such a major impact on every single person that I, most people that I know that are into the miniature painting and or gaming spectrum, like you've dealt with what these, these people make. They, so if, can we name drop here or what? Yeah, yeah, we can name so Darren Latham was there, who's the content lead for the sculptors, and Chris uh, Max Fly was there, who's the content lead for the painters. So like, it wasn't just while it would have been amazing just to hang out with heavy metal painters, it wasn't just heavy metal painters. It was like the head sculptors and head painters. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, for them to know who we are, uh, Joe Tom Joe Tomacheski was also there, and for us to like be fanboys of them, it was just like a really amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask them fun questions like, "What was the favorite model that you're at liberty to talk about that you've sculpted in the last year?" And they got to talk about that. Yeah. And, and it was so all, cool. It it was all just us hanging out as you know as real people together having fun after work hours yeah after work hour stuff like it wasn't about like oh let's discuss this this thing you know this particular important thing or this secret thing or whatever because they wouldn't tell us anyway and we didn't we wouldn't have asked that it was just like just chatting about the things that we can tell all of us enjoy in our free time yeah and max just gave you some shit yeah oh god fucking max <laughs> okay yeah so i had done a video on uh, on painting like the box art um and somebody had that had painted that model uh for the box art <laughs> took well, was not very happy about some of the stuff and and max he he backed me up i'm like max you didn't even know me and he's like no the video is pretty good and i was like good on you max i appreciate you you know so you let me know when you're painting another thing and then I'll paint that for a box art and I'll tell everybody I did it better. <laughs> and so we just gave each other shit. And apparently Max is a big Halloween party every year. Yeah. So I told him I'm going to show up, crash his Halloween party. There you go. There you go. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go in there with a Space Marine helmet on. He's not going to know who I am for like three hours. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's, I got a helmet. You can use it. Yes. Yes. So it's just it was just awesome. Hanging out, walking around. Um Aiden showed up at one point in yeah, the night. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows Aiden from uh, from the Warhammer Plus Master Classes. Just amazing painter. Mm -hmm. um, he was also the judge, head judge for Golden Demon. So I had to give him some shit 
well, yeah. not letting me get a golden demon. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah obviously it's, it's all unjust, uh, you know, and he totally didn't say, you totally deserved one. I'm sorry. I'll never make that mistake again. He totally didn't say that. He totally didn't say that. Totally didn't say that. We just had a night on the town. We were just chilling out. Yeah, we went to various bars. Uh, Max seemed super concerned about, like, making sure we were having a good time. And so he took us to, like, four different bars after the original one we went to after Annie's like just kind of feeling the water seeing if we like this place or that place but he was like really concerned about our happiness he was yeah he and was it was a, super nice he was a good host absolutely he's a yeah. great host and every place was closed because it's like in the middle of the week and apparently they closed at like 11 or 12 or something because of the know. stabbings oh yeah all the stabbings so we didn't get stabbed because because max led us around right he's gonna take one for us yeah what he told me yeah yeah yeah. but he never took one <laughs> so uh, there was no stabbings yeah um but yeah that was that was an amazing night all right, another major thing was uh, I got to go to Warhammer World, which was a freaking like, wild ride, like totally surreal, um, and see how big like the actual Games Workshop um, o- like offices, studios, buildings are. Because like when you just see pictures of it, or even if you go there, like what you think Warhammer World, that's where they all work. But that's like one of what it looked like, five or six big buildings that are all in that block. So that was pretty surprising to me. Inside was very cool. It was just overwhelming in the amount of models, the amount of freaking Warhammer shit everywhere. Um, they got a restaurant and bar in there, and honestly, their food was pretty good. You know, it was pretty good. So mm. uh, it was it was it was better than most that I was expecting. What'd you get? I got a bake uh, Western bacon chicken sandwich. Western. So, so yeah, it was a crispy chicken fillet, uh, some kind of a cheese. Uh, a little uh, un- shoestring onions and bacon. That sounds nice. With the, with the barbecue sauce. Nice. And that was solid. I mean, that was like a seven out of ten, which at a place that's like at a game store or something like that, that was like I far surpassed my my uh, expectations. Um, did a bunch of different events for the Horus Heresy event. I got to um, learn how to play Horus Heresy New Edition. I got mm. to see some behind the scenes stuff. I got to go to the Warhammer exhibition. I got to talk with some of the the creators there for Warhammer Plus. I dig more into that to not make this episode again four hours long. I go into more of that on a video that I just released a little over a week ago if you want to check that out with all the footage and everything there. But the biggest takeaway that I want to talk about from my experience there was that and I'm not, um, I'm as I'm, I'm say I'm guilty of this, but uh, throwing punches at Games Workshop, and a lot of them are, are deserved, right? And when I say throwing punches, my I, what I particularly do is if there's something that they make that I feel is bo- bogus, like the good old spray paint stick, right, the primer stick, I'll call them on it, right? And staff have come up to me, and that became a fucking joke there. Three different staff when I was in Warhammer World had come up to me. They must have fucking conspired. They came up to me and they're like, hey, uh, we have more of the spray sticks in stock over there if you need any more of them. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, fucking good one, guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, that was just a prime example of every single staff person that I interacted with, whether they knew who I was or didn't. And a lot of them didn't, which was fine. I made sure they did know. Uh, <laughs> um, just kidding. But they like just... So passionate, so happy, so excited about the hobby that they love. It was not fake. It was just general happy about 
their lives being closely associated with the games and the models and the hobby that they love. And I'm a pretty good judge of, of character, a pretty good judge of people, at least I think so anyway. And I could tell if someone's bullshitting me and I didn't have a single person there and, and, and people at all different levels in all different areas. Like I walked away, my biggest thing from three full days of games workshop events and meetings and all these behind the scenes things was that every single person there was good people. Now, I didn't get to meet with any executives, so, <laughs> so I can't speak for the entire company, but I can tell you that the people that are doing all the hard fucking work, the, the work that we see that at the end of the day gets in our hands or we get to play at the table or we get to paint with or whatever, like those people are good fucking people. And yeah. so um, that's why it's hard to actually criticize GW because like sometimes they might corporately make a decision that's like kind of upsetting. Mm -hmm. But then whenever we talk shit about them, you kind of remember people like Darren and yeah. you, remember, you remember Max and it's kind of like, you know, it's not representative of the entire culture of the company. No, it's not. And that's, it's a really tough thing too, because the history of this hobby is from very grassroots and games workshop started there as well. Yeah. It's from passionate people that do not get into this business because they're good. It's going to make them rich. It's the same reason why people open up game stores every single month around the world or around the country. They open up game stores, stores that sell magic cards and Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer and comic books. They don't do that because they get rich doing it. Cause I tell you what, that doesn't happen. Mm. But what does happen is you, you do something, you dedicate your life to a career, to a business, because it makes you happy. And it's like all this hobby started from that. And so in so much of our hobby, that's still very prevalent, even at the higher levels of leadership within these companies. Games Workshop is an anomaly because they're so big that they need that grassroots mentality. They need those passionate people for them to continue to be successful, but they've also grown in such amount that there's these so many rungs on the ladder that at certain points to make this business successful, viable, making, uh, making a profit so they can continue to expand, it's natural that there are people at certain levels that do not have that passion or they lost that passion or they're there because they bring a skill set that however may, may be cutthroat, may be removed from that passionate part of the hobby it is, is necessary, at least in the company's eyes, for them to be successful. And you do need people that are really focused about numbers, that are really focused about innovation, are not focused about creativity. This is not a slide on them as an organization. You look in anywhere else, in any different market, in any different aspect of our lives, and that exists for the most successful companies once they get to a certain level. And so you're exactly right. I am not mad about most of the decisions that Games Workshop makes because I know at the heart of it, the people that are making it a reality and that are making it stuff that we love are people just like us and they're really cool people. And getting to meet those people in person, amazing. Was, it was amazing. So truly. That was what I have to say about the Games Workshop side of this trip. All right. So and then, we flew, and then we flew home, and now we're back in the new studio. We were talking about that. Um, out of the news. We're we got some news. We're, we're going to keep news a bit shorter because of the 
like duo topic thing. We have one uh, item from Zambies here. Yes. We also want to talk about something for the Miniac Kickstarter project. Oh well. my gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> why don't you start with that? Thank you, yeah. So my campaign ended. Uh, Amber worked very hard on the Pledge Manager, and she launched it actually while we were in England. Um, had some minor issues that we have worked through, but also at the same time, the pre-order store launched. So if you didn't get a chance to... Uh, pick up something uh, from the campaign. You can buy everything that you could get on the campaign at the pre-order store. Link down in the description or show notes. So if you're interested in picking up a 75 millimeter wood elf, one of their 32 millimeter counterparts, a masterclass course that teaches you how to paint those models, a cool bespoke metal brush box that transports your tools, sexy plinths, and even some Miniac merch, you can buy that all at the Miniac pre-order store. Again, link down in the description. That is all. On to Zambi's cool space marine thing. Yeah. And uh, this is called the Fabulous Marines, which is something that started a couple of years ago, and it has only grown more and more with each year. And what it is, is it's a, a way for all of us in the hobby, or those that wish to participate, to come together um, and to celebrate inclusivity, mm. and to celebrate all of us coming from a, a diverse background, diverse interests, diverse life all these different things and to come together to show the fabulousness that is the hobby and the money that's raised for this uh, goes towards the trevor project which is something that's near and dear to the hearts of the organizer organizers and it's about um it's about supporting and giving uh areas uh, of need i'm probably butchering this but for the lgbtq plus community um and making sure that our hobby is something that everybody is welcome in. So you can check out the link in the video description in the show notes to see how you can participate. You can do throw do so by like painting a fabulous marine and sharing that on social media. There's ways that you can volunteer. There's other ways that you can support and get involved. That isn't just about people asking you for money. Um, in fact, it's more about spreading the good word than anything else. So if you check out the link, there's a, they have a really nice website there that you can learn all about it. Um, so yeah, that's it. Check it out. Awesome. Uh, that sounds awesome. Zambies is awesome, so I can't imagine there's anything short of uh, a great thing to be involved in. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you guys for all the wonderful letters, for all the sprues you supplied for our sign. If you don't see your sprue up here, um, I'm sorry. I know some of you guys sent along colored sprues, um, but for the look of the sign, it just made sense to keep everything gray. Um, so our apologies. We still appreciate all of your contributions, your gifts, your letters, everything. You guys rock. Yeah, I put them all in the back of my truck, all the extra sprues, and we're gonna we're gonna set them free back in their natural environment. <laughs> the trash. Yeah, we're gonna let them let them go, let them let them be natural with with where they came from, and it's just uh, we are gonna throw them in the entry hall at Games Workshop. <laughs> we actually didn't. We actually didn't. We don't have them. I think Jonathan had them. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, we sent them all to Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, we, made, we made him deal with <laughs> He's it. He's got a whole room in his house. It's just floor to ceiling sprues. Yeah. Uh, if you guys like the podcast and you want to support it, there are a number of ways you can do it that are both free and not free. The uh, free ways are you can whitelist our channel so you see Google ads. They play every 30 minutes. You can tell your nerd friends about our podcast, share it around with your mom, your dog, your auntie, everybody. Okay. I'm talking mm -hmm. to everybody. You got, you got a 33-year-old toddler, get her on top. Okay. Did you say a 33-year-old toddler? Yeah, a 33-year-old toddler. <laughs> Benjamin Button style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if you uh, have some money and you want you want to throw some shekels our way, you can sign up for our Patreon campaign. You get access to an extended episode, which is approximately 20 extra minutes of us talking at your face or your ear holes. Uh, we talk about like uh, new things we've tried out in the hobby, what we've learned from it. Talk about models that we like from other painters in that last two weeks. And we also give feedback to one of our members of the Patreon. So if you're a patron, you can submit models for us to give feedback to. That's all. Got any closing remarks, Jonathan? Well, well, we're we're gonna keep doing this show apparently. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we have this I place. I swear space to now. God, if we don't, it'd be very sad. <laughs> So yeah, so all you D suckers, all you goody peepees, all you citizens of Tendy Town, <laughs> we're gonna be back in one fortnight. And until then, we'll catch you on the flippity flop.